So there you are, dead. People are weeping over you, crying. Girls you never spoke to are saying, why, why, why? <laughs> and you have a load in your shorts. That's the way I see it. Sue me. Now, they're saying I, I shouldn't think stuff like this. You know, they're saying something is wrong with me. That I should be ashamed. Well, I'm, I'm sick of being ashamed. I mean, aren't you? Sick to death. I don't mind being dejected and rejected, but I'm not going to be ashamed about it. Hallelujah. At least pain is real. You look around and you see nothing is real, but at least pain is real. You know, even the show isn't real. This isn't me. I'm using a voice disguiser. I'm a phony fuck just like my dad. Just like anybody. You see, the real me is just as worried as the rest of you. They say I'm disturbed. Of course I'm disturbed. I mean, we're all disturbed, and if we're not, why not? I mean, doesn't this blend of blindness and blandness want to make you do something crazy? Then why not do something crazy? It makes a hell of a lot more sense than blowing your fucking brains out. You know, go nuts, go crazy, get creative. You got problems, you just chuck them, nuke them. They think you're moody, make them think you're crazy. Make them think you might snap. They think you've got attitude, you show them some real attitude. Ah, I mean, go nuts! Get crazy! Hey! No more Mr. Nice Guy! Ah! Oh, God! It's the Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. I did not touch the mouse. My hands are behind my keyboard. That's cool. I mean, none of this is going to make the episode anyway. Right. Anyway. <laughs> I almost want to start the episode off with this. Is this mic on? One, two, three, four. Sounds like it's on. What? I don't think it was. I don't think it was on last week. Really? Why do you say that? You're. you're <laughs> we have the tape to prove it, or whatever the fuck. We when, have I, when I went to, to un- prove it. <laughs> when I went to unplug it, it was already off. So maybe I hit it and I didn't know I hit it. You think it was coming through the computer? That's no. why you sounded like. No, no, it no. Last week. No, last week it was, I, we tested the mic. Gabe and I were on for a while at the beginning of last week. Your mic was on. You sounded fine, other than that you were in this, you know, room full of echoes. Yeah, which it looks well, like you're still in. I'm in the same room, but there's no echo in here because I have my whole office in here now. So uh, I'm migrated. Right. Oh, okay. You just but can't now, see it. did you turn the? But your mic sounds low now. He's got the mouse. No, no, there's no problem with the mouse. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Famous last words. Right That's off, right off, the, right off the bat. Back on the mouse, huh? So you're off. You moved your entire office in there, but you're still. We're still seeing a blank wall behind you. Uh, everything else is on the other side of the, the room. So I, 
I just don't have anything behind me because I pushed the desk back. It's all right. When are we going to get back to uh, Iron Maiden records behind you? And that, all that's that what I, yeah, stuff? that's the problem right there. I don't know. We, we had to fix the ceiling because I had a leak, and now they painted, and it smells in there, so I don't want to go back yet. So I'll go back there soon, hopefully. Oh, but smells, you could have huh? done, done something behind you here. You could have set up a t- temporary display. Uh, I don't want to put any holes in the walls. But speaking of Iron Maiden, have you heard the new Maiden single? I've heard some of it. It's pretty long, right? It's six minutes. That's not that long for Maiden. Yeah, I haven't found the time yet. You don't have six minutes in the day. You want to start with me on who has time? <laughs> you want to start? Yes, go ahead. We'll, we'll do this. <laughs> you have two and a half minutes for coming out by the replacements ever in the last, I don't know how long we've been doing this. Okay, 26, so don't, don't start with me. 26 weeks. I don't have two minutes, no, but you have six minutes for Maiden. You know what? I had uh, 90 seconds for it. And well, then I you... was like, well, I, you know, 90 seconds isn't enough to uh, to digest the new Maiden. Um, but, but I was watching a documentary the other day on YouTube about the early days of Iron Maiden. Uh, the, like the guys before their first record. Have you ever seen that? Have I don't think I show? have. It, was yeah. it official, like an Iron Maiden official, or was it, it something else? It was barely official. It was it, it was hard to tell if they were talking to those people or if it was just interviews from other stuff. But it looked sort of official. It looked more official than the Pink Floyd one I was watching before that. I don't usually watch the YouTube uh, documentaries because, you know, I don't like the unofficial stuff. I think it's bullshit. But somehow I went down this rabbit hole, and there I was. I was going to call you, but... You know, I decided, who cares? I'll just check it out on my own time, but it sounds interesting. Yes. You know, I had three minutes minutes and eight seconds yesterday. You know what I did with it? Uh, Well, what you usually do, or did you do something different with that? (laughs) It was something I didn't have the opportunity to do before yesterday. What was it? Listen to the new Local H single, Brandy. Oh, thanks for bringing it up. (laughs) Sure. Somebody had to. Brandy, how, how, how did we do yesterday, Gabe? Pretty good? Yeah, everything went well. Uh, better than expected on the vinyl, because almost all of them had sold out except the largest one, and, and you know, CDs did pretty good, so uh, I think it was successful. Yeah, people are uh, people are digging it. And, and uh, what is it, eight songs, nine songs, whatever it is, and, and that's nine. just the first one. That was nine just songs. the first one. There's nine songs. It's... Uh, we usually call those things EPs, because that's what they are. Uh, but, um, but I mean, it's basically a record. You know, you can call it an EP if you want to, but it's it's a record. A record of covers. Do you want to talk about the songs? Or I mean, it's almost forty minutes long. So, I mean, that's that's an album. That's not an that's EP. That's an album. Yeah. That's yeah. An lo- EP. That's longer than the first Gorilla Biscuits record and the Slayer Rain and Blood almost combined. It's not as long as the new Iron Maiden single, though. <laughs> That's Look the shortest. Him. That's Look the shortest. Him. Look at him trying to do the math over there. <laughs> I looked at the last three Maiden songs on the album. They're like nine, ten, and eleven minutes long, respectively. So that's impossible. No, how, they gonna, how are they going to put that on one slab of vinyl? It's not. It's a double. Do they have the the running time? Like uh, yes, uh, yeah. I saw it. I posted it. it? One of, you don't read my Facebook. Three hours and five minutes. No, uh, I'm sorry, I don't. You should. There's some interesting stuff on there now and again. Oh yeah. I, I posted if you do the running say time. Say so yourself. 
I posted the running time on the Maiden record, and it was really long. But anyway. How long? The last three songs were like 30 minutes total, maybe more. Three hours and eight minutes. It might be their last album, so soak it in. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks. Back to the Brandy. 40 minutes, it's almost like an LP. That's what I said. But there's a, there's a 12-inch on vinyl. There's a four-set, four-box set, seven-inch, like a compilation of all the songs on singles. The box set, People yes. who have jukeboxes in their house. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the cassettes. Cassettes, yes. And then the uh, we're doing CDs and digital. We're doing it all. But do you have any updates about the the tour and the the plan is we start the tenth or the eleventh? Which one is it, Gabe? Is it the eleventh, Virginia Beach? The eleventh, Virginia Beach. That is the plan. And I mean, you heard Dave talk about it last week. That's that's the plan. I mean, did I you go hope- to that. Did you do anything at the at the Lollapalooza weekend, Scott? Were you there? Um, I did not go down there. Uh, that was something that was just not going to happen. Um, but a friend of mine, Blake was, uh, he had this idea that we should go see journey and then go see limp biscuit. And I was like, fuck you. There's no way (laughs) I'm going to see limp biscuit. You know, it's like, I, they were at the Metro and I'm like, I know people there, you know, I have, I have some kind of reputation and I'm not going to call up people and ask to get on a Limp Bizkit show. So we went to, we went to Journey. I had no problem going to Journey. We go to that and they did two sets and it was, it was, it was a lot of Journey. We ran into James Van Osdell on the way down there and he was going by himself and he's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I ran into you guys. And it's like, yeah, come with us. So we're in there. And around about the time the second set starts, James is like, yeah, I got to go. Come on, what's going on? He's like, this is this is a lot of journey. It's just too much. I got to go. I got to go. And so he leaves. And then, you know, they started playing an old deep cut. uh, And then the middle of it almost sounded like a dave matthews show there was a bass solo and then he was like having the crowd sing along like some you know hey that kind of thing um and i was like all right let's go let's go to the metro let's go see limp biscuit so <laughs> wait a minute well, slow down now i i don't i wasn't paying attention to any of this was journey part of Lollapalooza? yes they were oh so you did go down to Lollapalooza? no i did not go down to Lollapalooza. Journey was playing a show at Aragon before, uh, two nights before their set at Lollapalooza. Oh, okay. That same night, Limp Bizkit was playing a set at uh, <laughs> at Metro two nights before their set. So the knuckleheaded idea was to go to both. Uh, and that's actually what happened. And, that's, wow. and at one point, Blake was like, all right, I got to go. Uh, and I grabbed him like, no, you you can't go. I'm here because of you. <laughs> this is your fucking fault. You're staying. And so we proceeded to get really drunk, which honestly, once Limp Bizkit starts playing uh, Behind Blue Eyes, what what can you do but get blind drunk? And we shouldn't have been there, but uh, it was one of those things where I was dared and and I should not have been dared. Did you see that Fred movie, Fred Durst directed with John Travolta? <laughs> no 
<laughs> did you I see the watched... Nicolas Cage pig movie? I did. Pig? Yeah, I saw Pig. I saw that. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah. Did you see Zola? At Zola? No. That was pretty good. I liked that a lot. It's better than the pig movie. Did you see the pig movie, Gabe? No. I, it, where is it? Is, is it? is it online? Is it uh, streaming or is it at the movies? What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh-oh. It's that fucking a ghost. the Baskervilles again. Hey. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what about you Gabe what have you seen lately uh, we just binge watched The Outer Banks season 2 have you gotten into that yet what the hell is The Outer Banks I've seen it uh, but I haven't seen it what is it uh, it's just a teen kind of drama adventure mystery whatever uh, treasure hunt show that the kids are watching on Netflix so we watched the second season it was pretty good with your kids no, with myself and my wife. Uh-huh. We're the we're the kids. Us, us under fifty people. We're we're so, kids still. It, it's oh, <laughs> the forty nine year olds. Uh, is it a reality show? No, no. It's 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 an adventure, teen drama, hour long. You know, show on Netflix. I'm sure that sounds can... horrible. No, it's great. What are you talking no, about? I doubt it. What are you watching? Gossip Girl too. Well, I'll tell you the flip side of that coin, Gabriel Rodriguez, us over 50 people uh, on Netflix. uh, My wife was working for PBS Wisconsin for a while last year uh, during the pandemic. And she was taking like customer service calls all the time. And people were doing nothing but complaining about the fact that their beloved show, Last Tango and Halifax, had been Mm. taken off of the PBS schedule. (laughs) <laughs> because apparently it had been bought out by Netflix. And so she was getting these calls every day. What did you do with my last tango in Halifax? Uh, I'm never going to support you guys again. Uh, and anyway, so we were on Netflix about a month ago, and I saw that there, it was on there. So as a joke, I like turned on the first episode, and we got hooked. So we're watching this stupid Oh, it's good. Cooking. It's great. Love it. <laughs> we're hooked on White Lotus over here. Oh, yeah. That, too. We're doing that, too. Yeah. That's I, I'm a big Mike White fan, and it, it's really enlightened good. is fantastic. Oh, it's so good, yeah. so good. And now that they got Molly Shannon on there, I'm just like, could it have gotten better? Yes, it could have. <clears throat> uh, uh, we got some. We got a lot of feedback about the Dave Perner episode. Let's hear some. Uh, this guy says, "I remember the dudes in the Magnolias giving me a fistful of white crosses when I worked at Cubby Bear." Uh, okay. The same guy. By the way, there's two guys who seem to have made up sort of SoundCloud aliases specifically just to comment on this episode. And maybe it's the same guy and made up two different accounts. That's cool. Well, not so cool because then he says, Jesus, you guys need to chop off these beginnings. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's cool, too. And then he says, those fucking hicks couldn't make Mexican food if their lives depended on it. Oh, yeah, it's he's little, going after you. Then this other dude who calls himself Truth wrote a whole, uh, whatever you call it. Oh, yeah, fuck Treatise? Treatise? Yeah. About Truther? The truth, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> truth. <laughs> All okay. about how COVID, there's no such thing as COVID-19. Yeah, okay, truth. Hey, look, everybody, it's Jill Hopkins. Yay. <laughs> how you doing? Jill, it's so good to see you. It's great to see you, friend. I've seen you, uh, you know, throughout this whole thing, just like 
in these same tiny squares, but oh right, okay, <laughs> you're standing like, up with a guitar in your hand usually. I was like, when? All right, so you've got stuff behind you, Gabe. We we don't need you to have stuff behind you this time. Gabe usually has records and everything behind him, uh, but he decided he likes the uh, the blank wall now. He's gotten from John yeah. Oliver, I guess. That's all right. That's all right. Jill's got something to show. Well, we're gonna put stuff behind him in post. <laughs> yeah, well, we 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 like it when we, it's usually some Iron Maiden record behind Gabe, but we like to be able to talk about it. And since he hasn't had it for a couple of weeks, we've we've missed that. But you've got a nice Prince poster back there. I do. And I'm trying to see what else you got going I've on. Got, hold here. on, I can pick this up real quick. I got Prince. There's Van Halen. Van over Halen. There. And over there is Soundgarden. Oh. Uh, thought that was fred durst at first <laughs> he'd be much older he'd st- <laughs> uh, he had a backwards baseball cap i you know i didn't i didn't know breaking stuff uh yeah. but there's a there's a post there's a print by the artist whose name i'm forgetting hold on one second uh ernie barnes who did uh the you know how in the credits of good times the tv show good times Yes. And there's the, wow. that thing. Yeah. Good times. So I've got a, a print here of a of a, a a radio DJ from what looks like the 40. She's got a, hold on, I'll take you over there. All right. <laughs> over there. Or just maybe, can you see it? No, my giant head's in the way. I can't take you too far. But no. there's a, she's oh, got yeah. a, yeah. some wine on ice. So He's, that's the same artist? It's the same artist, yeah. And I love his, his style, but also that's me, except they don't let me drink on the air. <laughs> Are you still doing the uh, show from home? I'm back in the office most days a week. Uh, and yeah. then here, like it's like three and two now. Three days on, two days at home. But we'll see what, I mean, who knows what will happen in the next month or so. I know, I know. I know. Yeah. I hear you. We need to I get know. all. We need to get some of those foam sound baffle things that she's got all over the place. They I have, have some extra if you want some. <laughs> yeah. All right. My husband Jill- took them from a a film set where they were just oh, gonna yeah? throw them away. How's Aaron doing? He's good. He says hello. Oh, I say hello right back. Yeah. How's the pooch? Pooch is good. We need to have both a double date with like us as people. And then a, a triple date with our dogs and our the partners. Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're done with that. Yeah. Because I've met your dog, but you weren't there. <laughs> we were in the, uh, it was, I stopped by the uh, Barracuda bar one day. Ooh. And your Barracuda. lovely fiance was there with the pup. Yeah. Uh, our dog likes Gary. So any, any chance we get to. Like the Beastie Boys say, he's crazy sniffable. (laughs) (laughs) So, so how long have you been over? Okay, what is the difference between Vocalo, WBZ, and NPR? Uh, I mean, they're all kind of in some kind of weird mash thing, right? Yeah, well, sort of. Yeah, so NPR is National Public Radio, and then WBZ is the Chicago affiliate for National Public Radio, in the same way that. WTTW is the Chicago affiliate of PBS. Mm-hmm. And then Vocalo. So, so then what is Vocalo? We're the sister station of WBEZ. So we're the scrappy. We're the channel 20. We're the. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
Or, uh, yeah, you know, so BEZ is mostly news and talk. And uh, several years ago, uh, a lot of people more ambitious than I am got to be in their bonnet to kind of make a fully free, like commercial free public radio station that initially was going to be a lot of just like self-produced, like by the, by the listening public, self-produced storytelling pieces. And over time it's evolved into this kind of hub for local like R and B and hip hop and dance and like indie rock. And, uh, I've been a part of it for a little over eight years now. And even just in the time that I've been there, it's, it's, it's changed and grown so much. So I'm, I'm happy to, to be in a spot where I get to like expand my skills and uh, scope of broadcasting within a, a company and not have to like bounce around like so many people have to do in this business. You're back in clubs, DJing and doing sets and stuff like that. Uh, not fully. And I don't know that I'll ever fully. Cause I, I got this gig. I got this, this podcast that I've been doing for consequence and Sony that's taking up a lot of my time. Um, but yeah, I was at the bottle, uh, DJing about a month or so ago. I'm just kind of dipping my toe toe in. I'm in no particular hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What the, are you talking about the podcast about Beyonce? No. Oh, here's a, here's a new thing that I'm doing. Well, newish. So in the fall of last year, I started doing a podcast for, uh, so the Beyonce podcast is with WBEZ and that was a, just a, like a mini series, like a, however mm-hmm. many episodes we did four or five. And so now with consequence and Sony legacy, we're doing a show called the Opus where I am, uh, recording or I'm writing, Interviewing, editing, producing, you know, sound engineering, uh, this podcast where we do four episodes per classic album that's celebrating like a big anniversary. I've seen that. Yeah. 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 So I'm in the middle of my Cypress Hill season right now, (laughs) which is really fun and very different than the Bill Withers season I just finished and very different than the Pearl Jam season I'm about to start. So you do a whole season on a record? On a record, yeah. So four episodes per season. Okay. Yeah. So not like a television season, which would be, no. be way too much. But I mean, right. I guess more like a, do that. More like a British television season, which is like four <laughs> or six Just episodes. series three. It's seven episodes long, and yeah. we tie up all the loose ends. <laughs> so the Beyonce thing was only four episodes, too? Yeah, and, was, and that was... Thought, sorry, go ahead. No, I thought there were more, because I was, I was, it seemed like... It almost seemed like you stopped at Destiny's Child. And that, yeah, that was so. That's the that's the point of that. So the making series was uh, is uh, with WBZ, and it was making Oprah and making Obama, and then we got to making Beyonce, and that's when I took over. And so the the premise is that you look at the course of someone's career right up until right like the right. Nexus event, like the now thing I that get gets it. yeah. So. Ours was like Nexus event. I like that. Thank you. I've been watching Loki. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best Beyonce song? Uh, Well, today and most days for me, it's Countdown from Four. That's my favorite Mm -hmm. up-tempo Beyonce song. And, uh, you know, Crazy in Love is a jam forever. 
Isn't it though? Isn't it great? It just is. It's like that that bridge coming out after the after the middle section, oh it, which God. is just really cooking. I mean, it's, it's fucking amazing. Well. It's yeah, it's everything. But countdown. If you haven't listened to it before, it's also a songwriter's song. Like it's okay. it's got a lot going on. There's a great horn section too, and I think that's when she really started to embrace like the college marching band sound. Right. It's not a sample. I mean, it probably is. I, or it's an interpolation, I guess it would be. I couldn't tell you what it was, uh, you know, trying to be, but it was right. really, it's a really fun song. And it, like people say, oh, your music got me through some shit, but that album got me through some shit. <laughs> yeah. That's good. What were you going to say, Ben? I was just going to say, if you guys know that Magic Numbers cover of Crazy in Love, you know that band? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never they're heard like, of They're like uh, Australian or they're like these heavy set. They, they had a hit of their own. That sounds and familiar. Did this, actually, they did this acoustic version of "Crazy in Love," which is one of my favorite things. I'll I'll find it and send you, a, or maybe we'll put it on the episode. I hate when rock bands try to cover <laughs> pop stuff. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. So now you're doing Cypress Hill. <laughs> yes, the episodes, not the gentlemen. <laughs> 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 they would never. Hanging We've known each other window. a long time, dude. You know, my ho days are long, long behind me. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, what was it? What was I listening to? That you were talking about first flings. That what? What, what was that thing all about? Oh, with the oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I still I, I got the stuff in my mind, like you talking about blowies, like just completely, like yeah, just, like teenage yeah. blowies. Yeah. <laughs> just I was like, well, that's not leaving for a while. <laughs> That's going to stay up there. Yeah. Or like the lack of teenage blowies, I guess I should say. <laughs> it wasn't. It was, you know, the blowies that could have been but weren't. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Chirp Radio has this this great storytelling series called The First Time. And each time has, or each event has a different uh, topic. First kiss, first band, first concert, whatever. And this was first fling. And then the best part about this whole thing is you tell them, like you write your story and at some point in the story, a song has to play even a minor part. And then they have a house band that learns that song. And so you tell your story and then they just, ladies and gentlemen, the band. It was unsung. It was the helmet song. Yeah. Yeah. Because the boy wasn't blowing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wore like the same two helmet shirts to school like all the time and i was in love with him is that still going on i mean not him wearing the helmet shirt i mean that part this, i bet is still show. going on. uh i don't think that it has been since the covids just because you can't be in the same room as anybody and it's a whole thing right yeah, laughing at sex stories from high school—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's frowned upon. Some people told very wholesome stories, but oh, not you, no, not no, you. Not, that wasn't no. you. No. So you were a grunge girl growing up? Is that what what was going on? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I knew I knew who you were way before I knew you, and uh-huh. you guys weren't grunge necessarily. But if you're already listening to Q101, you're just gonna right. keep listening to Q101. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, super, super grunge girl. I, I graduated high school in 97, so that all, you know, I was right there. You were, you were, the, you were the target audience. I really was. MTV was like, hey, want to buy some stuff? 
I yeah. was like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so were you like messing around? I mean, did you think you wanted to be like a radio DJ then? Or were you thinking you wanted to be in a band? I mean, what was... What was your first thing? I was like, I want to do this. I was in a band. I uh, I started playing saxophone with our marching band my freshman year and then switched to concert orchestra because I wanted to learn how to play uh, the marimba because mm-hmm. I wanted to learn how to play the marimba solo in Gone Daddy Gone. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Uh, I st- I never did get you know, that's like four mallets. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I eventually made it to first chair percussion. And uh, I think the summer between 10th and 11th grade, these older kids uh, needed a drummer for their rock band. So they asked me to do it. And I said, yes. And they're like, cool. We have a show in three days. And then I played that show and I was in that band until I graduated from high school. Yeah, what were they called? What were you called? Uh, we were called uh, Obasi, O-B-A-S-I, and it stood for... <laughs> Something with blue. There we go. It, it stood for one big-ass sexual innuendo because we were children <laughs> and go. everything was. That's pretty good. It's not bad. <laughs> and the guy from the story was our rhythm guitar player. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought for a while that I would I would just keep playing drums. And then I was in drama club as well. So I thought I'd go to school for just some sort of performance art. And then I realized how much art school cost and that I didn't have any money. <laughs> um, so I just, uh, just worked. I just worked a bunch of jobs and stopped going to school for like 18 years or something. <laughs> and... Just was in uh, this and that band and didn't go to broadcasting school till I was 32. Really? Yeah. yeah. What was that like? All those whippersnappers giving you like the side eye and everything like that? You know, it was actually not a, a bad experience. It was one of those things where like, since it was like not a traditional school at all. that Where'd you go? I, the Illinois Center for Broadcasting or whatever it's called now. I don't know. I'm not accredited, but <laughs> I, I learned what I needed to to learn. Um, but I wasn't the youngest person or the oldest person in my class by any means. But I was right there in the middle. Yeah. And the the thing about it was, like, if you go to like a regular college, and you you have like a class with like these fifty people, and then a different class with these other sixty people, this was just like an elementary school class where like you and the same 20 however many people are going through the whole program with each other solely and the class ahead of mine and the class behind mine were both just hot messes they didn't work well together they seemed to really just hate each other and my class got along really well which fostered a really good learning environment and it was there was a lot of collaborative just coolness that that went on there like I learned a lot about a lot of different kinds of broadcasting and figured out that music radio was the way to go as opposed to like sports radio or talk radio or, or something like that. Did so, you like sports? I mean, I do I like sports. You, you do? Yeah. I come from a God. very baseball heavy family. Uh, and where'd if you, I, where'd you grow up? 
South side of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. And so they like baseball, White Sox. We're Sox people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, just sports in general, though. My grandma was a big Bears fan. Um, my cousin married a guy that worked for the sports program at Stanford. Like, he was one of the athletic directors there. So we were, you know, we were going to games. We were doing stuff. And I always thought it'd be fun to be uh, the color commentary in the booth at a White Sox game. Um, or just baseball in general. I just really enjoy the game. Yeah. But I don't enjoy the environment of, like, sports talk radio. Like, it's just, ugh, just gross. <laughs> gross? Like, just boring or what? I mean, what's oh, you've heard sports talk radio and the people that no. call in, oh, and it's that, terrible. Because that, some of the stuff that I've heard, it's just really dry. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, it's like, uh, like who's that dude that bob costas guy oh yeah it's either like he freaks me out because yeah. it seems like he wants to marry all these guys <laughs> that you know it's just like it's like ew let's just stop it's either like just super like fandom or like just very like number crunchy stat stuff or you've got, hey, this Frank from uh, Canaryville over there, and I got a lot of really loud opinions about the Bears, and I don't want to talk to Frank. I don't want to hear anything that Frank has to say. Right. <laughs> so you go for music. I go for music because I, uh, you know, being a, a fan, first and foremost, who's kind of studied, for better or for worse, you know, not necessarily in an academic way, but... You know, going all the shows that you can, pouring over the liner notes for this and that. You know, I'm 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 sure everybody on this Zoom call is the the same way. Yeah. But it just right. seemed it's and it was also like that sort of thing where like, you know how before before I did this, I worked in beer breweries for years and years. I worked, uh, you know, for Revolution and I worked for Peace and. It always seemed to me like the people who wanted to complain the loudest about the minutia of that business. I'm like, why don't you just get a job in the industry and then you can just know the things and go to the things and do the things. And it always felt like that with music. I'm like, well, instead of just like, you know, complaining and being loud with my opinions, why don't I just figure out how to work within it? And then have people give me money for those. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easier said than done, though. I mean, oh, yeah, 100%. Studied, a lot of people have studied for your job and never, like, made the leap, you know? So, I mean, how'd you make the leap? I'm very charming. <laughs> <laughs> just... What was the Nexus event? <laughs> the Nexus event. I don't, I don't know what the Nexus event was. I do know that, uh, you know, instead of trying to get an internship at like ESPN or, um, you know, any number of just like really commercial radio stations. Uh, Sean Campbell at Chirp let me DJ there on air for a year and some change. And that counted as my internship. Hmm. So having that really, there's a lot of freedom with a radio station like that. You get to program your, entire show and as long as everything is like fcc clear you can mix and match genres or not you can get really random with it as long as is your you know listener engagement is good and you're 
you know, interesting to listen to. And so I got to, I, I can't believe she let me host a show called See You Next Tuesday, but I did for mm. like, a, <laughs> like a year and a half. And I got to play like, for the most part, whatever I wanted. And yeah. it- It's like it, you were still an Obasi. I, it, like I was still an Obasi, except I was old. <laughs> um, but it was a, it, it was really just a, um, a light bulb moment that like, this is definitely- what it is I want to do. I want to, uh, you know, talk about music for a living and, and meet people whose music I appreciate and ask them about it. It's like, you know, a resume for me right now with that was, would be what it said. It's the simplest thing in the world, but it's what I love to do. And then when there's the intersection of, uh, asking people about their music and then turning that into a story, that's what I get to do with this podcast. And yeah, it's you, been really fun. You wouldn't have been able to do that at, you know, the commercial stations. Oh, God, no. Time, you know? No, no. And I mean, they look like they're having a lot of fun. I mean, every time I'm at a festival and I run into Lauren O'Neill, she looks like she's having the best time ever. She's so, definitely making the most of it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they they seem to have a real cool relationship with each other over there. And, like, that was my station. Like, I, t- I was on James Van Osdell's podcast last year, and I spent a good five minutes just gushing over how he, as a DJ, when I was in high school, was like, that's the job I want. Like, I didn't yeah. think that people could just get that job, but that was a job that I wanted, just, like, talking to cool people about cool music and then sharing that with everybody else. Yeah. But you know, the, the playlist that those guys have to deal with, it seems to me like you don't have to do that. And like, you seem like you're in a perfect, I mean, like perfect spot over there. I mean, otherwise it just would seem like for me, it would seem like it'd be so frustrating, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I had to, I lobbied for a long time, to, because we are we the the station is called Urban Alternative, which is a very large catch-all uh, uh-huh. for <laughs> for me on purpose. Uh, but I lobbied for a long time to have a dedicated um, place to play rock music because that's my true love. I, I you know I love hip hop and I love soul music and all that stuff, and I'm I'm certainly a student of of all of those things and really enjoy talking to those folks, but. You know, I, I, I'm a rock drummer. I'm a rock singer. Um, this is my wheelhouse, and so I, I lobbied for an hour a week, even, uh, and a lot of that was because, as a kid, listening as a black kid listening to rock music, I didn't get to hear or see people who looked like me talking about it. I tell you mm-hmm. what, the first time I fucking saw a Living Color video, I almost shit myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I was in like the seventh grade, and I was like, okay, so permission granted. <laughs> and it, uh, it's honestly been awesome to be able to play music by folks that look like me for people that look like me that sits squarely in the rock um, genre. Like, it makes me really happy. But also, it makes me really happy to play a lot of local rock music, which I do have permission to do. But even that, like, it's just, it's so big. The the scope is so big of what I'm allowed to do versus what a lot of other people are allowed to do. It's 
it is. I am very lucky to to be in this spot for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, how important was it, or is it, for you, like, for what you do with the music and everything, also to have that yoked in with some civic mindedness, you know, informed with. It seems like a lot of stuff over there it has some form or some level of activism going on. I mean, was that something that was always in it for you? Like always in the cake? Just this, you know, civic pride that people from Chicago have is huge. I mean, what I, I saw somebody with a t-shirt that said, find you somebody that loves you as much as people from Chicago love Chicago or something like yeah. that. And it, 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 it has always been very important to me to be able to explore and you know, shine a spotlight on things and people and art and culture from Chicago because I'm from here and it's, uh, you know, that stupid chip on our shoulder that we have as Chicagoans in terms of, you know, national or international attention with our art or our activism is, you know, we've got to change that. We've got to change the way that people who don't live here look at us because it's a beautiful place with beautiful stuff. And I don't like the way that strangers talk about us and I never really yeah. have. So, uh, yeah, it's always been kind of top of mind that whatever I did would be, uh, would be for Chicago and about yeah. Chicago. And I, you know, I sometimes get like wanderlust for sure. Cause I've, I've not lived any place else for very long but this, I just can't really picture the, I can't I picture myself moving someplace else and being as passionate about it as I am about this Yeah, place. it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. You'll talk about going somewhere and then you'll be like, well, wait a minute, will I be able to go to the music box? You know, uh, <laughs> do you guys have venues? You know, yeah. it's just like all this stuff. And then, well, I, yeah, I tried to live done. in New York for a while and I was like, if I was from a smaller place, then New York would be way more impressive. But yeah. as it stood, I'm like, well, we have, like everything that they had. I was like, we have that, and it's cheaper. <laughs> it's a little less dirty. Yeah, and people are nice. Yeah. Like you know, there's a this is the great center of the Venn diagram between like urban grit and sophistication, and just like Midwestern niceness. And yeah, I, I don't think any place else has that. I think certain. Uh shall we say news institutions have a vested interest right now in scaring the fuck out of people about us yeah you know you're just like oh chicago you know you shouldn't live in chicago i'm like why not have you ever been to chicago nope you know yeah it's like okay i can talk that way about chicago but you can't exactly it's the sibling thing if yeah. you know my brother and i'll fight each other to the death but if somebody says anything about either of us it's on <laughs> you know and like I'm, I'm not trying to like paint this, this picture of of the city as though it's like fucking Shangri La or something like that. Yeah. It's it's, right. it is what it is, but it's still very loving as a city, and I wish more people loved it. And I kind of wish it loved us more. But like as 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 people, I think we love each other, whether or not like whatever tries to not love us as much 
Well, we've had a hard year with the city. You know, we've we've had a we've had some fights, and we've been sleeping in separate bedrooms and stuff like that. So it's <laughs> it hasn't been the easiest year. We need some couples counseling. Yeah, is all that would be nice. <laughs> We're gonna that do some role good. playing. Scott, you be Chicago. I'll be okay. you. <laughs> Go. I don't. I don't have a good Scott Lucas impersonation. <laughs> it's all in song. <laughs> By the way, you're looking great. Like, oh. did you just get a haircut or something? I did just get a haircut. Got a, I was trying to, like, uh, grow my hair long. I was like, I'm going to grow my hair long one more time. Before yeah. I say, fuck it, I'm too old. And it was, I finally admitted that it was a failed experiment, you know? <laughs> I was just like, ooh, it's not looking good. I found myself wearing a hat five days out of the week. You know something's wrong when you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you look I've, good. Your hair looks great. Oh, thanks. This I I just I just got this. I that just, old thing. Yeah, you only wear it when you don't care how you look, right? <laughs> I woke up like this. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's right. But like you know, I've been I've been witness to the uh, the fashion and hair evolution of young Scott Lucas, and like you're peaking right now. Good for you. Uh, you know, I, I I'm like Madonna. I'm always changing my. My look. You got a lot of filler going on in your face, too? <laughs> filler, Cheekbones yes. way up in here. <laughs> got a lot of filler going on. But Speaking of MTV, didn't you do a thing on MTV Turning 40 the other day? I sure did. I sure did. I that tried to nice. listen, but I couldn't get the goddamn player to work. Oh, so okay. You can fill me in later. on what was it's, going it's on archived. There. Oh, yeah, no, MTV Turned 40. And, um, you know, when there's a, when there's a pop culture anniversary, WBZ calls on your girl. Uh huh. Um, and it was, it was fun to talk about. Uh, like I said earlier, MTV was my shit. Like we got cable probably in like 88 or something. Uh huh. And that's, that was like, that's peak MTV. Like that's when Ooh. they'd, I feel like they'd finally, like not finally, like, come into their own but like i don't know you had 84 is pink peak mtv come what on. happened in 84 purple rain oh yeah uh there was def leppard was hanging around i mean the remnants of def leppard van, van halen van halen 1984 van, van halen. halen that's true rat out of the cellar was happening it's a lot of good <laughs> stuff well we still had all that in the late 80s but like then you had like you had your headbangers ball you yep. had your your Yo MTV raps. Uh-huh. Later down the line. Club MTV. You had, oh my God, Club MTV. Oh yeah. my God. I wanted to be downtown <laughs> Julie Brown so badly. So, and still you are. do. You <laughs> are. Yeah. Like Jody Watley and downtown Julie Brown. Like that. I wanted to be uptown Julie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you just work in a bodega. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hanging out outside the Apollo, yelling at people. That's yeah. Uptown Julie Brown. <laughs> yeah. So '88, you think is peak MTV? Well, I mean, it felt peak because I, you know, had just gotten it and I was glued to it. But by the right. time I got to high school, you know, I, I guess whatever MTV is targeted towards you is probably your own personal peak MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah. 120 minutes, an alternative nation. I got my first kiss to uh, Headbangers Ball in 1993. 
I believe Judas Priest was, there was a Judas Priest video. Because <laughs> that's, that's what like gets people, people's juices flowing. <laughs> Fucking Judas Priest. It could have been anything. We're Turbo like lover. 14 year old teenagers, like the sound of, you know, dishes being done two rooms over. Probably would have gotten that job. Well, Gabe was a big fan of Headbangers Ball. I keep wanting to call it Hairbangers Ball because of that band. But oh, it's Headbanger. Band. I haven't thought about yeah. that in ages. Rick, Ricky Rackman was was uh, not very cool, but he was the only guy with long hair on MTV. So, you know, I had long hair at the same, at the time as well when I had hair. But it was fun to watch metal after midnight on, on you know on the weekends. It really was. So after midnight, you were going to let your hair hang down. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Is that the song? Is that how it goes? We don't. Are, yes. ooh, are we talking about Eric Clapton? Ew. <laughs> you it up. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, because what a nightmare. Cream, is, cream is great. Cream is great, right? Cream is great. I think cream, everyone cream can agree great. on that. And and I think uh, Derek and the Dominoes is great too. I love Derek and the Dominoes. But I once had to wait in a hotel lobby in the suburbs for my husband who had some appointment that was running long and I was there for like close to two hours and they have a player piano in this hotel or this uh, hospital lobby. Yeah. And all it played was the coda to Layla. Like for two <laughs> hours. It was the only thing. It just kept cycling back through. It was like that. Oh God. I thought it, I was like, is this hell? Two this hours is hell. <laughs> Get me out of here. And I asked the I security look. guy, I'm like, isn't this driving you crazy? Can't you do anything about it? He's like, I just, it's, I just tune it out. <laughs> I don't know how people can do that. I don't know how don't people know cannot either. be affected by that, 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 yeah. that fucking thing. Like if you work in a mall at Christmas time, like how do you not burn the whole fucking thing down? <laughs> well, I used to work at, uh, at Carson Peary Scott. I used to work in a young men's department. I was not good at the job. I was terrible at the job. But they would play the same videos every goddamn day. So I'd have to listen to a Luther Vandross concert, a U2 concert, a police concert. And uh, there was one other, I, I Jody Watley, I think. So it was just like every day I'd have to hear each one of these concerts three or four times a day. Because you know what? Young men in the crazy. 80s were clamoring to see Luther Vandross concert. <laughs> oh, is this dance with my father? This is my shit. <laughs> yeah. No, he was like, never gonna give you up. No, not, not, not that, but what's what's one song? I know it. Never too like much, never too much. Never, never too, too much. much. That's it, that's it. Right, that's it. Right. <laughs> that's one of my karaoke jams, so... Watch out for that later. <laughs> I, I will look for it. I'll, I'll like you'll see my eyes sort of rolling in the back of my head, and you'll know it's working. Oh my god, she killed Scott Lucas. He's dead. She's like, I did it on purpose. <laughs> it was his time. <laughs> so did you fi- did on on the thing on the MTV thing? Did you figure out when it all went to shit? Was it the real world? It wasn't necessarily the real world. It was like the real world after they stopped casting like actual adults with like right. shit going on in their lives. Right. After it, after it stopped being a social experiment. Exactly. When it was just like, see who can hook up. Yeah. Let's, how many people can we fit in this hot tub? Which so, is MTV's most lasting influence. Yeah. Today, and I, I think know? it was the year after Chicago. Uh, and I only say oh, right. that because the Chicago year was 2001 and it coincided with nine 11 
And then I think MTV was just like, we can't have serious stuff on TV anymore. Like we need a distraction. We need to figure out how to like pull focus from tragedy and like, you know, what's going to do it. Live horny college. students. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think the season after Chicago was like Vegas and like the whole like mood of the, the franchise changed. It changed. Yeah, God, remember it was such a big deal when it came to Chicago? Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, we don't want you here. And, and you know, these poor kids, they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was working Sorry. at Peace across the street at the time. Um, and for like a second, like maybe the first month they were filming, a couple of them like worked with us. But we had just opened like maybe the summer before, like late summer before. And so just as a restaurant, we didn't really have our shit together. Oh, God, no, that was the same summer. It was the same summer. It was 20 years ago. And just having extra people, like a camera guy and a boom operator and somebody walking around with a clipboard in the middle of an already kind of chaotic environment was really unfun. So, like, we projected our hatred of just the circumstance onto these people that were just trying to be on TV. Right. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with them, apparently. They wouldn't get out of the six corners. They like just hung out there all the time. Except for when they went to like old, there was one episode I'll never forget where they were like, one of the girls like brought a guy home from like the old St. Pat's block party. And I only remember this because we had viewing parties for this shit at the restaurant and it was always on my shift. Uh. (laughs) Fuck you guys. Are we going to watch it? Yeah, Yeah, of course. (laughs) We might see ourselves. Um, But she brought this guy. She's like, I saw his band play. And like they blurred out his face. Like they did like all like somebody clearly did not sign the waiver or the release or whatever. And so like the whole city, I remember, was like a buzz with like, who could it be? (laughs) And it turned out to be like Big Head Todd. (laughs) course <laughs> were the monsters there too <laughs> they were who do you think was running the camera <laughs> one monster Gabe, per boom mic <laughs> Gabe, remember when where was where was our friend sarah from high school what, she was what? in the miami one when we were in south florida touring in 96 one of the girls we went to high school with was on the real world and, and we ran into her on the street and on the beach in florida out of nowhere, this girl we went to high school with, she's like, hey, wait, what are you guys doing? And, you know, we told her we're on tour and stuff, and she goes, you'll never guess what I'm doing. <laughs> no, and she's won't. like, I'm on I'm on the real world. I'm like, what? Wow. Did she's you guys, like, did they have to blur your faces? Yeah. Well, no. She, she, goes, she goes, come back to the house. And I'm like, yeah. no, I love you, but I'm not going back to the house. Uh, we're not going to be on the real world. And, you, you know, you've got the arrow. Like, yeah. Sarah's friends in local H. <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, I don't want that to ha- to happen. Well, what was but, your relationship with with MTV? Like, what is what was that like, and what is that like? I mean, I mean, it was pretty non-existent. We weren't really like an MTV type of band. We were on. Uh, you didn't have to do like an in studio at any time. Like Kennedy wasn't like. Local no, band. we never got to. Do it. We did it. We did a couple of 120 minutes episodes, and and that was about it. I mean, they probably played this video a handful of times, and you know, yeah, we never really caught on with them. Hmm. So, yeah, but I'm, like Chicago, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's cool. It's, it's cool. Fine, it's it's, it's fine. fine. Don't worry. I'm about totally it. over it. It doesn't bother me. I don't think about it. Who needs them when you got Jerry Bryant? That's the That's real right. shit. 
That's the that's truth. right. Yeah, Jerry Bryant. Did you uh, you did you go down to uh, Lollapalooza? No. No. Good. No. Okay. I was supposed to. Did you to. go to any club shows? Oh no, there was nobody. I'm going at like I'm holding. I'm holding out for Riot Fest for the club shows. Not yeah, who's who's playing this year that you you? Everybody, I mean, like every year, everybody. <laughs> everybody. But for the it's, club it's shows, good. I'm, I'm going yeah. to see for the club shows. I'm going to see Dinosaur Junior. Oh, um, where? I think that's at the Bottom Lounge. And then we're going to see Mr. Bungle at. I thought you were uh, saying Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Mr. Big. <laughs> Hold on, little girl. Um, uh, I'm checking out the lineup here. It is okay. So Friday, you got your Smashing Pumpkins, and Lupe Fiasco is playing uh, a full album thing, and uh, yeah, Circle Jerks, Dinosaur Junior. But the, the Pixies are playing too. The Pixies, on, uh, Nine Inch Nails. On the next day. I'm freakishly, like, not freakishly, but surprisingly surprised at how excited I am about the Mighty Mighty Boston. <laughs> like, it just you know, seems like it's going to be really fun. <laughs> you know Mahmood, who used to work over at Fla- Flower? I don't he know. loves the Mighty Mighty Boston. I've never seen them, and I really want to. I mean... <laughs> Gabe loves the Mighty Mighty Boston's too. No, no, you you keep saying stuff like this. <laughs> I, I never never liked them, never. But that's all right. I don't hate them. I just don't like them. It's just one of those bands where like they are enjoying themselves so much that it like just just it's pours infectious. Out. It is really infectious. Like an STD. <laughs> the Mighty Mighty Boston's, the syphilis of Scott. <laughs> this is the syphilis of Boston. Well, I remember. There was that period where, and it was probably their fault, but there was a lot of ska bands. There was a and lot so of ska bands. Yeah, we'd be backstage, and and all these suddenly, every time you're backstage at these big festival shows, there's somebody practicing and warming up the trumpet. Their horn sections. <laughs> they're all back there. I'm like, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> like you know, like the worst you ever had to deal with was a drummer going. But like when the ska thing came up, it was like, and they're playing. You know, I'm just like, oh my. There in a God. dry shower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the best acoustics in the building, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'll take that over the, uh, then then it morphed into mook rock and shorts and. and uh, it got bad and there it, for a minute. It really did. And I was worried. Like, okay, so real talk, this whole Limp Biscuit thing, I did Please, not... let's talk about this. ...know that so many people whose opinions I admire and respect were just like closet Limp Biscuit fans. And I'm like, did we live through the same part of the early 2000s? Because this was never the move. Like, it was never even a guilty pleasure. Like, I, I, I know the words to some of the songs because I owned a radio. Uh-huh. But it was like I thought objectively after, especially after this Woodstock '99 documentary comes out, I thought we right. all collectively agreed not we to did. do this again. <laughs> we did, we did, and I mean, like, good for for you, good for, not you personally, but like, good right. for your fans because, like, when Chester Bennington died, and I found out how many people 
I knew were super sad about it, like, and were like, like Lincoln Park fans, which was never my thing either. And right. they were just like, I just want one more time to see them. They were my favorite. And so, like, I think everybody should get the chance to see, like, their youthful favorite band. Like, give it one sure. more shot. Sure. But don't but, make the rest of us think that, that wait a minute, did we miss something? Because we know we didn't miss anything. No. And we all decided that we didn't miss anything. No. No. And, yeah. That being said, I have... I'm not like the be all end all of musical taste and style. So I guess I can't really criticize too many people for what it is that like makes them happy. I, I don't know. I mean, it's seemed to me that for years these people were, I mean, these, these people, they they weren't like running around with limp biscuit shirts. You know, they weren't like flying the flag you know, they were like they were like Christians after Jesus got crucified. You know, they were like just you'd see like a little limp biscuit fish or something yeah. like that, yeah. and you know they'd ride it in the sand. Like I know, I know what you're talking about. But like maybe there were, and they just weren't around us. Like we just don't hang out in those social circles, I guess. Because there's still like the gathering of the Juggalos happens every year, and there's tens of thousands of those people, but I don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is there tens of thousands? Tens of thousands, dude. Like every year. And there's like a, a list of towns that they're not allowed to go back to. Like they, they would have <laughs> That is cool. Town, that is pretty and cool. And then like the town would be like, no, fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty funny. And low key, I kind of want to go to one in a journalistic capacity. Um, I, you know, that people have done that before. I'm like, I feel like that's where Vice Magazine truly shines. In, mm-hmm. in instances like that but i'm there is like the real world as a sociological you know thing as an observation it sounds really sounds kind of interesting <laughs> what was that movie that came out not too long ago and it had the blonde girl from uh from the orange is the new black and and she Ended up going to uh, Taylor Schilling, Tyler Schilling, whatever. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Schilling, Schilling, right? And she ends up going to an insane clown posse show. Um, nobody's ever seen this movie other than me. I think I saw the movie. I I saw it, but she wasn't just going to a show. This was the climax of the show. She was <laughs> gearing up to go to the whatever you call it, the festival. The, she she had gathered? to find she had to find her um, she had to find her niece, and so she had to go. And put on clown makeup in order to find her niece. And the whole movie took place. Come on, I know Ben's looking for it. It's called Family. Mm. It's called Family? Yeah, yep. from 2018. Kate Stone is a career focused with a brash attitude that keeps Family her Christian at arm's length. When her estranged brother calls asking her to babysit her tween niece, Maddie, this is it. Kate reluctantly agrees to help, but babysitting overnight unexpectedly turns into a week, and Kate's life spins into chaos as Maddie reveals stories of being bullied and of wanting to run away and be a juggalo. The two form a unique bond. (laughs) (laughs) I am tired of being bullied. I want to run off and be a juggalo. Wow. Because the bullied... It's It's available on YouTube and something that I've never heard of, which is surprising, called Fubo. Fubo TV. 
That's maybe that's up. just an insane clown posse network that they have. I went I went to the theater. <laughs> right. Fubo. Oh my god, this picture. For all this, your insane clown posse needs. The poster for this movie is incredible. I'm gonna hold it up to the camera Let's, so you can see it. Uh, <laughs> I saw that movie. I saw it. So I, I went what to the, I remember images? going to the theater and all it was playing was Marvel movies. And this was the only movie that wasn't a Marvel movie. And I'm like, God damn you, Marvel. You're making me go see a movie about the insane clown posse. And I mean, there was me and maybe one other person in there. And it wasn't you, Gabe. No, I saw it at home. <laughs> it's got Did you like it? I don't remember. It wasn't very good. Well, you know what you should watch? Um, what? So the insane clown posse themselves put out a spaghetti western called Big Money Rustlers or Big Money Hustlers or something like that. And I watched it on purpose. Like I called my best girlfriend over and we watched it on purpose. And it was, you know what? It was, I don't know if they were trying to be hilarious, but it was hilarious. Like it's worth Bullshit. your time. Come on. <laughs> it's very <laughs> silly. It's like, you know, like Blazing Saddles-esque over the top humor, but not executed as well. Um, but it's, it's definitely clown makeup cowboys. Ben loves, Ben loves spaghetti Westerns and he loves clown rock. So it sounds sounds like like, (laughs) it's right up his alley. Well, and here's the, the, there's a whole series of insane clown posse movies out there. I don't think it's a, it's a genre. I think that was just like the thing that they wanted to do. Like that was just their vanity project. The screenplay is written by violent J. And the entire plot synopsis on Google is as follows. Sheriff Sugar Wolf travels to the wild west town of Mudbug to confront to confront villain Big Baby Chips. End of plot synopsis. Say that say that again, please. It, it is it is poetry. <laughs> okay. Um, Sheriff Sugar Wolf travels to the wild west town of Mudbug to confront villain Big Baby Chips. You you have to That's hear it? this this name of this character. So besides Sugar Wolf, uh, you got Dusty Poot, Lil Poot, <laughs> Hack Benjamin, Dirty Sanchez, Big oh, Stank. You knew that was coming. Officer Big. Harry Cox. <laughs> oh, bossy. Oh, bossy. And Fat Titty Kitty. <laughs> Here's what needs to happen. Insane. <laughs> and most of these actors, I think, are also porn stars oh here's what needs to happen uh rob zombie needs to quit whatever he's Mm. fucking doing right now with the monsters (laughs) and make a movie with these guys and then none of us can go and then (laughs) these guys should play the monsters i mean it's a it's an it's a easy oh wow wow okay get hollywood on the phone Get zombie on the on the line. Hollywood. It's Violent James. Call Detroit. Who's the other one? Shaggy Two Dope. Oh, Shaggy Two Dope. Yeah. (laughs) Why do I know that? Shaggy Two. Shaggy Two. I know why. Herman and Violent J is Uncle Fester. Throwing shade at Limp Bizkit fans, and you're like over here. (laughs) I know. Or no, I'm sorry. Uncle Fester is Adam's family. family. He's Grandpa. 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 Yeah. I like I said, I am not the be all end all of what you should be listening to. I'm just. I thought you were. Say. No, you. It's you. You are. No, I, th- I thought that you're just here to say what? Shaggy too dope? I'm just here to say that everybody 
shit. I mean, like the juggalos themselves are, it's a fascinating thing. Like when somebody inevitably makes, like when Ken Burns makes his documentary, <laughs> people are going to be like, whoa, this is deep. <laughs> Come on, Ben. What? Well, I wanted to, Jill, I wanted to tell you that my daughter is going to school at Goucher College. Oh, fun. In, um, I mean, I guess college is fun. <laughs> Uh, but last semester, she took a class called Embodying Lemonade. Oh, my goodness. How did, did she love it? She loved it. She got an A or whatever they give you as far as grades go. Is she twirling what? on her haters to this day? Yes. What does that mean, embodying, the class? embodying Lemonade? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> okay. Here's the course description as, See as how we put do. out in the, uh, in the academic catalog. Beyonce Knowles is an international artist whose work is garnering more attention for its socio-political themes. On the surface, Beyonce might seem to deploy messages about race, gender, class, and sexuality that appear to coincide with certain stereotypical social norms. But in this course, we use Beyonce's Lemonade as a framework to understand the politics of bodies as communicative devices. Our approach will be multifaceted. First, we will assess how our bodies communicate to others around us. And secondly, how media uses bodies to curate communication. In this course, we will position Beyonce as a progressive feminist and queer icon through meticulous examination of her work and career alongside historical and contemporary black feminist writing. We won't read about Beyonce. Rather, these juxtapositions will put her work in conversation with larger issues in attempt in an attempt to understand the socio political communication of bodies. Yeah. There you go. Is anybody buying that? I, Gabe, apparently I did for a couple Gabe, grand. Gabe, <laughs> I mean it's just Gabe. it's it's a it's a fancy rapper to put like, you know, gender studies and stuff in. Like yeah. That yeah. that that curriculum, that syllabus is probably been around sans lemonade since the you know early 70s but you know you gotta you gotta zoom right. it up for the kids yeah gin it up right exactly yeah i yeah, think I it's a lose-lose it situation because i feel like everyone hears this like us and they roll their eyes and like yeah. oh brother that's what college is and then the kids take this course because they think it's going to be fun about beyonce and then they're like what the fuck oh am god I this is science there's science yeah. and psychology and yeah i mean i would that it's definitely like you know, I'm thinking about 18-year-old Jill. I would sign up for that class in a heartbeat unless it was at 8 a.m. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, kid, the kids want to talk about gender politics. So, like, once they get in there and they find out that's what You're it right. is. Yeah. yeah she loved it. it. And it's, you know, good that there's some place for them to talk about that shit that isn't the internet. Like, talk to real people about this stuff and hear from, you know, the faces behind the thoughts and not just the... You know the keyboard in front of the right. whatever. Yeah, I would totally yeah, well, take you, that class. You get a lot of shit on Twitter. Oh, like, yeah, I, I see you fighting with people all the time on Twitter, and I'm and I'm here for it. I'm down yeah. with that. It's exhausting. I try not to do it as much these days because I'm, you know, I don't have the bandwidth for it. But people are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they're but so they're proud. They're proudly so. You know, it, it, it's not. I, I'm tired of hearing people like go, well, people, they don't know, they've been surrounded by this, they don't know any better, and it's like, bullshit. Like, this is what they want to be, right? Yeah, yeah. and like, I have to keep telling myself, 
that people like fucking get off on being yeah dicks like and, and if i engage them then that's right. like their thing that they wanted in the first place and i don't want right. to feed into that but also I, like there's certain switches that i can't turn off in my brain that are probably just like completely genetic because i come from a long line of women who don't take anyone's shit right and like i can't really turn it off and like but you know and it's but it's not good for you it's not good for no. you to engage and like but sometimes you just got the Sometimes you just got the best comeback, though, don't you? Sometimes you're like, oh, everyone's got to hear this. This is so good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do. And you, sometimes it's nice to just type it out and then leave it in drafts. And I wish more people would just leave things in drafts. Like, just let it out. Get your typing fingers to typing. And then sleep on it. And if it's still what you feel, then, then go and give yourself a, a quick spell check and an edit. And then go in. But... That is great advice for some other time in our history. <laughs> I know. It's, no one's saying that. I don't take that advice for myself. I don't take that no, advice that for is like the shit that people pay me to write. I'm just like, I'm just writing. <laughs> that is the best advice. But but then you said spell check, and I was like, are she, she's, wait, no nobody is going to do any of that. that. Like, Fuck, make you sure see. you're using the right form of there. Right. The right form of then you brought me crashing down to the ground. I was like, these fucking idiots are going to spell check? Never gonna I don't do think that. so. They're not even, no, they don't care enough. Yeah. It, it, do, do, do devices not come with spell check or something? I mean, is, is do People they, use the do they see those red things? People use the talk to text and then they just send it along. <laughs> they don't look and see whether or not, you know. There's a red squiggle? No, they're too angry. The red squiggle is obscured by the red rage that they that has overcome their entire field of vision. And there's your answer to Limp Bizkit. I don't get it, and I don't care to. I know. We've already spent too much time talking about it. What are you listening to these days, all you boys? I listened to the new Billie Eilish record the other day. It's pretty good. I listened to the first song, and I was so drawn in. I was like, okay, I got to listen to what the rest of this is going to be like. And did it? It just came out, right? Yeah. I mean, I I thought it was like a year old or something. I was like, oh, let's check this out. And that first song was so... I don't know, tender and heartbreaking and good. Yeah. And it just sounded great too. Like, you know, you could picture her in the bedroom just whispering into the mic and everything. I was just like, all right, this is great. Yeah. She and her brother really know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely do. Ben, what are you? What about you, Ben? What, what do you got going on? I listened to the new Prince album because there's a Dave Perner song on there. All right. So what is that? Is- love. Yeah. So what is that? Is that like, you know. It's an album he recorded in 2010 and never released. Was it the yeah. Welcome to America album? He yes. toured. He toured on. He toured it, but he, but he didn't never, yeah. release it. 
I will never I I will never have as much merch booth regret as I have for not picking up the Prince Welcome to America branded tambourine at the, <laughs> the merch oh. booth during that tour. Gabe, can oh you my god! Speaking my, speaking my language now. Speaking oh Gabe's god. language. Oh man, Gabe's was, a professional tambourinist. I was in a band for like six years where I sang back up and played um played a mean tambourine. Mean tambourine. <laughs> tambo, as as Gabe says. We gotta have a tambo off between Tam- Gabe and Jill. Off. And then I was in that girl group. Do you remember girl group Chicago? It was that eighteen piece. All girl like oh yeah doo-wop band that's right yeah I remember that and weren't you in a whole cover band I too st- I still am we've got some Halloween shows coming up <laughs> really yeah you know you gotta book that shit in advance people want to get their their bills their bills all flushed out so they can start on poster design I guess <laughs> where are you playing uh, we're playing at Reed's Reed's local. And mm-hmm. at Coles, so like a Friday at Reed's and a Saturday at Coles. Last year we played Col- the Liars Col- Club. You were there. I was last year. No, not. Oh, last sorry, year. the year before. Year before that. Yeah, that was fun. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a Halloween time. shows. Halloween shows. I love the, Halloween shows. Oh my god, it's coming up. I, uh, it's freaking me out that they're right around the corner. Yeah, it's like two months, <laughs> two and a half months from now. Holy Three shit! Months? I gotta get my I gotta get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good to see you. It's Thanks for good doing to this see you. show. Thank you for having me. This has been a delight, as always. You're a delight. You're a you're a treasure, yes. Chicago treasure. Everybody so knows are that. You. So are you. Mm-hmm. It's it's like my favorite. One of my favorite things about just the weirdness that my life is, is that I get to just like hang out with people whose albums I bought before I knew them and then just get to just fucking shoot the shit with them. Like, it's amazing. It's great. <laughs> it is. It's fun. It's fun. And having you on this is fun. I mean, it's, you know, but thanks for all the, the tunes and all the jams and like all the shows and stuff. And thanks for giving me a one of a kind, uh, experience once in the ladies room at, uh, Liars oh, Club. Wait Stand a minute. By. Stop me, the pressure. Continue. <laughs> You guys were playing, this is several years ago, and um, like on your way up to, uh, it wasn't a stage at the time, just the area uh-huh. <laughs> in Liars Club, uh, I think it was the first time we'd seen each other that evening, and you just stopped and gave me the, the bro hug and a kiss on the cheek or whatever, and this woman I'd never seen before, like forcefully pulls me into the ladies room and gives me the third degree, how do you know Scott Lewis? <laughs> And I'm just like, uh, I mean, how does anybody know anybody? Right. <laughs> I didn't know what to tell her. Also, she seemed slightly unhinged, and I wasn't about to give up any personal information. You should have said, I'm not telling you. <laughs> no. now get out of my way. Uh, get out of here. What's that What's that in your pocket? Are those keys? I'll, I'll take a key of whatever you've got in your pocket. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, Liar's Club.
to leave my condo to come to this. Well, I'm back, but this time I'm with my man. And these women are putting their hands all over his Yamamoto cons, I swear to the iPod. And I'm much, much unhappy about that. I'd hate to come down to the level and become a BW, a basic woman. But if they don't stop, it's gonna get scandalous. Being in the neighborhood. Where's my jewelry? I'll be back real soon. Can we talk? I didn't get to mention what I was listening to, of course. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's just more Maiden. Maiden and right, whoa, 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 whoa. Just say it now and I'll put it in. I'll, I'll slip <laughs> it right in there. What are you listening to, Gabe? 
the new Maiden single. What else? Oh, well, we did talk about that already. So fuck I you. I know, but you listen. Had that but listen. Thing. Oh. I, I've been listening to Maiden since 1984. And I missed one album, The Book of Souls. I never really got into it and played it. But I, mean, I went back to it. It's it's actually pretty good. Wait, you've yeah. been listening to them since 84? You're a new Jack. Yeah. I'm, I'm not old as you and Ben. I'm still not 50. So cut me some slack. I was 12. Twelve and a half. Still watching the Outer Banks. Hey, yeah, but anyway, trying, trying to catch up. Anyway, just check out something. the new check out the means. check out the new Maiden single. It's really good. It's yeah, you getting paid? You getting paid for for that? Did you say it's groundbreaking? Yes, more galloping and and good more good galloping. Riffs. More galloping. Oh, yes. That's not groundbreaking. If there's more of something, that is the antithesis of groundbreaking. No, listen. No, you uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> the world would not be as good as it is today without Iron Maiden. Everybody has to agree to that. I got no problem with that. All right. So, but I also gonna... know that they know that what they do is what they do, and they don't give two shits about groundbreaking. Or if they do, they ha- need to stop galloping. No, you, you. It's it's the point is you're mm-hmm. Maiden. You do as Maiden does, and they do it well. Right. Which is not groundbreaking. So why is that groundbreaking? Yeah. That's not groundbreaking. I mean, no, no, I've no. got it, no it, problem Maiden being Maiden. I just have a problem with you misusing the term groundbreaking. That's I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm misusing it. I'm just using it in a, different, in a different context of what it's supposed to be used. <laughs> What's the ground that they are breaking on this new song? Nobody is playing this type of music on the radio or anywhere right now, let alone that's doing it well. Yeah, let alone doing it well. They're doing it but as good as they've ever done it, is what I'm trying to say. So you think this record is as good as Power Slave, is what you're trying to say. I haven't heard the whole album yet, only the one song. You haven't heard all of Power Slave? <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, I I haven't gone on my journey because I was waiting for you guys to tell me what you, I was supposed to start with the best and not the first. What's the best Iron Maiden? I think you guys Dave agree and I this? both like, yeah, I think we both agree Power Slave. Uh, I mean, at I, least I most just, of Power Slave is great. Yeah, uh, there's only like one dip, and I think it's back in the village on Power Slave. But I like I like back in the village. I would say the Duelist is a bit of a no, no, dip. no, no. I just don't like the chorus in Back in the Village. It's good, but the Duelist, come on, listen. You can't even recite those words; they're so fast. That's <laughs> a good thing. That, that, that's a good thing, right? Listen to those riffs. They, it's like there's three songs in a row; they're all exactly the same, but they're great. that's groundbreaking right mm-hmm. there. See. See, Gable will start saying something, and then he'll like just kind of fucking fall no, in no, his no. face. No, you no, go, no, no. You go from Flash of the Blade to the Duelist. I mean, yeah, they're almost like little... the same. No, no, no. They're almost like the same song, but it's That's so good. What I'm saying. But it's so good. It's like they're, eating... they're about no. swordplay. Two songs it's... right next to each other about swordplay. It's like a dessert when you have a muffin, like a, a, a strawberry or blueberry muffin. You want another one when you're done. You don't want to just eat one. You eat two. Two is better than one. You're supposed to eat one. Are they brand muffins? Boy, this is like a whole Obasi <laughs> segment. This is one big ass sexual innuendo. You guys have been going from swordplay to muffins to what else did you just say? Swordplay? What the yeah. hell are you talking about? Dude, you don't know? You know all about swordplay. The duelist. We're not talking about swordplay. Sword? No. Sword fights. Sword fights. You know Bruce Dickinson is an Olympic style fencist. Oh, a fencer. Is that the word? Yeah. I don't think fencer is a word either. Yes, it is. So okay. it's not a reference to the Ridley Scott movie. It's about... It is a reference to the Ridley Scott movie. Oh, it is? Yeah, most of their oh. 
songs are references to movies. Are they? Fire, yeah. Where eagles Eagles dare. To Tame a Land? Well, To Tame a Land is a Dune reference. Yes. It's not called Dune. Right, but it's a reference to the Dune. Not the Dune, but Dune. (laughs) Children of the Damned. Prisoner. Hallowed Be Thy Name. We can go on and on. What's Hallowed Uh, Be uh, Thy Name? Probably their best song. No, but what, what, what movie is it a reference to? It's called Hallowed Be Thy Name. Really? I don't know that movie. <laughs> is it? Is that a movie? I don't know. I just took a stab in the dark. <laughs> I just remembered by one more one more song though that has a chorus at the end. Yeah. And, and Coda chorus. Oh, yeah. I heard the best oh. Coda chorus song the other day, and I meant to tell you guys. Now I can't remember what the fuck it was. Oh, Gabe, I know what song we have that has the chorus at the end. Hold on, I had the first one here, and this one it might is... be. It might be on that first Keith Richards album. One of those is a Coda chorus. Oh yeah, to... definitely. But the local age song, the local age song with the chorus at the end. Which one? Heavy metal bake sale. You're right. You, <laughs> <laughs> but this is a classic. Still loving you, Scorpions. Yeah, we already talked about that one. You uh, called it. You called it a coda chorus. Did I? Yes. No, no, no. Coda chorus is like a second chorus that comes later. This is the only chorus in the song. Still loving you. What do you call that? What? Did you just say they saved the chorus to the end? Is that what yes. you say in a song like that? Yeah. There's no real chorus until, until, the, end. until the end. Almost like uh, Against the Wind. And a coda chorus is in a song that has a regular chorus, but then it slips a different chorus altogether at the end. Like an outro, but it's right. so fucking hooky a that B you'd chorus, have to call maybe. it a, a yeah. chorus. What's right. the most, what's the most chorus, famous really? song? That's with a thing? B chorus? What's the B- most famous coda chorus of all time? I don't know what it is. You tell me. Hey Jude? No. That's no. the chorus. That's the chorus. Oh. Does Hey Jude come in? Does that ending come in earlier in the song as well? The chorus for Hey Jude? No. That's well, the very go. end. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's not a coda chorus. That's the chorus. Oh, is that he's asking what's the most famous coda chorus? What song yes. has a chorus and then at the end goes into another chorus? Okay. The most famous one, you're asking. You don't know it. You're just I don't know it. Chain. By uh, Fluid Mac. That's a good one. All right. Anyway. Did you That's all I got. Touch your mouse again? Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> no, no, it's fine now. I did not touch the mouse. My hands are behind my keyboard. That's cool. I mean, none of this is going to make the episode anyway. Right. Anyway. <laughs> I almost want to start the episode off with this. (laughs) 